Welcome to the latest edition of Seattle Nice. I'm David Hyde here with Erica C. Barnett, editor, publisher of Publicola. How's it going, Erica? Oh, pretty good. We're recording at night, so we got that nighttime energy going. The nighttime vibe. Sandeep, how are you enjoying your evening? I'm a little buzzed, so we'll see how that affects the Good. All right. That should help or hurt. We'll find out. Yeah. All right. We're going to start with Erica, who's been tracking the expansion of what's known as the Unified Care Team. Uh, yeah. Harold, uh, Harold had a press conference together with Tiffany Washington, his deputy mayor, um, and some other folks uh, from uh, various neighborhoods uh, to announce uh, basically what's in their budget for this, this so-called Unified Care Team, which is a blanket term for all the different people at the city that do mostly encampment cleanup, but also uh, the people who do outreach, the HOPE team um, at encampments and uh, and folks who do graffiti cleanup too. So he wants to expand that pretty dramatically, um, including making a lot of stuff permanent that was originally funded with one-time COVID funds, uh, stuff like cleaning up around encampments because encampments were not moving during COVID. Um, and so he wants to take that funding uh, and make it permanent by, you know, it was federal funding. And so this would be city money being repurposed for, for that purpose. $38 million, I believe. And, uh, and, and, most, and some of that is existing, but almost half of it would be um, essentially new money. That's a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money, and that's and what he focused on today, just real quickly, was you know was very explicitly you know the, he said the significant decrease in parks uh, in tents uh, in parks and on the sidewalks um, is going to reverse if the city council chooses not to fund this increase in funding. Um, he said this level of service that we'll de- we're demonstrating will lapse. The progress we're making in the city building our one Seattle will lapse if they don't fund that uh, that additional uh, those additional staffers for the unified care team. I would broaden out the the periscope here a little bit, and what we're seeing, I think is a concerted effort on the part of those um, elected officials and and municipal government uh, as they're trying to deal with the encampment problems in the city of Seattle to kind of break down the silos that exist between things like the various departments of the city. So this is one of those efforts, right? The unified care team, the idea of the unity of it is that it's 12 different departments of the city participating together in a u- supposedly unified effort, right, to address issues around encampments, whether it's cleanups or garbage or, uh, or, 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 you know, all of the other kind of, kind of ancillary related issues. And I think this goes hand in hand with, I think this is a thing that I think you broke, Erica, in, on Publicola with the new HUD, um, uh, uh, so the federal government, the Housing and Ur- Urban Development Department, has come in and set up shop in our emergency operations center at the city to help coordinate a kind of emergency response effort around homelessness. And, you know, on the one hand, that feels very processy, like, well, is that going to make any difference? But what I have been told over the last few days is that one of the things they're doing which, you know, is a little bit maybe surprising it wasn't happening before, is that now they're instituting a morning call, like every day, every morning, there's a call with all the kind of departments and agencies and folks that are dealing with homelessness downtown, you know, kind of meeting on a morning call to sort of triage and deal with the kind of issues that day around various sort of spots around downtown as part of an effort to sort of 
improve the response to illnesses. We'll see whether it works, but I think these are sort of part and parcel of the same sort of effort to try to create a unified response, right, to, to you know, um, uh, homelessness encampments. Well, I mean, you might have read that in, in Publicola a little over a month ago <laughs> when I, I reported yeah. that they were that they were having these daily meetings, um, which started in in sort of early September, mid September. Uh, I mean, they are. It, Harold mentioned that today in his press conference, and he was at an event yesterday at the at the emergency operations center to sort of you know unveil and roll this thing out officially. I mean, I think that I think that it actually is really processy, um, which you know. Maybe a good thing, uh, but it you know it, it's essentially sort of doing things like I mean, according to Mark Dones, the head of the King County Homelessness Authority, it's doing things like you know getting rid of some of the barriers uh, to housing, like requiring people to go through shelter or requiring like le- you know layers and layers of ID and proof that you're who you are. That's the idea anyway, is that it would break down these silos. Now, um, you know, HUD's approach is to sort of treat this like a hurricane or another kind of emergency, and you know, so the process is changing. There's no more money. I mean, there's not additional money for housing so or shelter. So it's not coming with those resources, um, which is always, you know, the problem. So I think the idea would be to demonstrate success downtown. And they say that they've identified 300 existing units of housing, um, you know, for, just for people downtown. Now, I think that raises questions about everybody everywhere else in the city that's not going to have access to those 300 units of housing now because it's just really such a finite resource. So, you know, ultimately it comes down to, do we have more resources for housing? And, um, you know, Harold did add $10 million in his budget for the Homelessness Authority. Uh, Dow Constantine, the county executive, um, did not add funding and in fact sort of effectively cut funding for the KCRHA. So, you know, Without more resources, this is just going to be, you know, a process effort that doesn't actually get people housed. Um, but I think, it, I, you know, can, it seems like a good start. What, what is it with like corporate speak where we're always breaking down silos nowadays, just kind of generally speaking, like mm. silos are great. They're they're used to store grain, they keep <laughs> things intact, they prevent like mold yeah. and stuff from occurring. Yeah, farmer why David. I've also heard silos. steam pipes. Farmer is David. Why do we, why do we hate don't we want moisture protection in our <laughs> our our, yeah, the, the, our, why, our why do we our, hate our the nation's granaries like I mean, why are we always protecting shit for that yeah, matter? Yeah. I mean, there's so but much for that matter, speak isn't that is this into corporate gobbledygook where it's like, oh, we're, so we're going to have a big-ass meeting now, and everybody's got, instead of getting to work, you're all going to go to this big-ass meeting in the morning. And like, well, maybe. you know, I, I, I get it. But like, is it is it is it really working? I guess well, I don't know. I wonder if you're in a position to know. We don't. Yeah. I, I, look, the jury's out on this. Right. We don't know. Right. But but but, but they, we can all agree silos but, are actually good. Well, right? no, I don't know that we can agree that silos are good. Like, like, I think <laughs> I we mean, have a farm silos, you know, I, grain I, silos. Uh, look, I, I think there are two camps, um, two broad, but generally speaking, two broad camps around um you know, what's wrong with the city's, you know, in terms of kind of theorizing about what's wrong with the city's uh, homelessness uh, response and encampment response. And one theory, right, which led to the formation of the, you know, Regional Homelessness Authority and which kind of originated out of the Bar Poppy report from five or six years ago is that we have lots of resources, but they're incredibly fragmented and, dare I say it, siloed, 
and and that if we utilize them more efficiently and in a more targeted way, we could get better results, right? And then the other camp that Erica just articulated, which is that like ultimately this we have a fundamental um disjuncture between the scale of the problem and the resources we have available to address it. And that, yeah, maybe there's some marginal inefficiencies in the system that we could try to wring out. But at the end of the day, if you don't have more, don't build more freaking housing and you don't create more shelter and you don't build a pipeline to move people off the streets into, you know, ultimately to exit out the system into some kind of housing, um, you're not going to really make any mid to long term progress. Right. I mean, I just I just think that that's not even a camp. That's just the reality. I mean, if you if you say that we need to get people off the street, I mean, I've said this, you know, a million times on this podcast, like it is there is no vaporization plan. It's a magical thinking plan to think that, like, we can get people off the streets, quote unquote, without getting them into housing. And and it's also, um, you know, a fantasy that we just have, you know, thousands and thousands of units of housing that are sitting vacant, waiting for people to come occupy them um, and and plenty of money to keep them there. I mean, this is this is a resource problem. And, and right now, I mean, the city and the city can only do so much. They're facing a massive uh, budget shortfall. But right now, the city um, at the budget level is investing in stuff like encampment cleanups and not um, and not some of these other solutions. Um, the housing levy is great. And uh, Harold has touted uh, the fact that, you know, we are building housing. Um, it's not happening fast enough. Um, but, you know, but I think we're also investing in expanding the size of uh, the police department <laughs> um, or at least, you know, n- not expanding the number of officers because that's not something we can uh, force to happen, as we've discussed. But just kind of keeping their budget basically um, as it is or a little bit bigger um, while expanding cleanups and not really focusing on, you know, I hate that term pipeline, but um, but where does that pipeline, you know, uh, I guess, <laughs> eject people. Right now, it just kind of ejects people into this this cycle of, you know, going to a shitty shelter, you know, getting frustrated, leaving, and being back on the streets and getting swept again. Um, look, I think both things can be true, right? I think they can probably be more efficient in their homelessness response. I think we have seen at various points um, sort of short, shorter-term efforts that have produced results, whether it's around trash cleanup, right? I remember under um, a, a few years ago, there was something that at least internally at City Hall was dubbed the surge, which was an effort to sort of clean up garbage around homeless encampments and I-5. And like that actually did over a three or four month period produce a pretty significant reduction in, you know, the trash issue around um, uh, around homeless encampments. So um uh, but it wasn't sustained and things sort of slipped back into, you know, kind of the pretty, dare I say it, kind of shitty status quo that is sort of downtown Seattle right now. And um, uh, so, you know, if these efforts like the HUD thing or the unified care team or whatever the fuck you want to call it, like, like uh, um, you know, ring some greater efficiencies out of our existing resources, why should, you know, good, that's great. But, but I, I will agree with you, Erica. It doesn't address the fundamental problem of, I, cause I think you're absolutely right. There is a, a massive mismatch between the level of resources available and the scope, scale of the problem, 
right? I'm, well, and if you look at what they're actually funding, I mean, one of the things that they really emphasize today, and uh, Deputy Mayor Washington, you know, stood up in front of uh, uh, a um, a screen that displayed this um, this quote from an anonymous West Seattleite saying, you know, it's it's been so frustrating that I can't get an answer uh, when I call to complain about, you know, encampments by my house and I have to drive by them every day and it's just, you know, I'm so fed up. And that's like, that's the quote that they choose to, chose to highlight um, during their presentation. And one of the things that they are funding is, you know, additional customer service people essentially to take encampment complaints and, you know, resolve them, which can mean a lot of different things, but, um, you know, as quickly as possible. And so, you know, they're focusing on the quote unquote customer service end of this, where the customers are the people calling and complaining about encampments in their neighborhood or trash or graffiti um, without, I think, a whole lot of, you know, commensurate (laughs) emphasis. I mean, they're adding um, on the outreach side, they're adding six people. um, And on the everything else side, they're adding 55 people. Uh, or 55 positions. So, I mean, it's just it's just so wildly out of balance um, in terms of, you know, customer service and cleanup versus, you know, people to actually go out and try to help the people that are living in those encampments. I mean, it's it's I find this so super fascinating because like Erica in your world, like like it's like this kind of um, truism that there's this kind of sweep happy Bruce Harrell and, and they're just like going around like. He was bragging about it Sweeping, today. He said, yeah, we've I seen know, all this progress. But, but we, don't see, you, we don't see these, uh, these ugly tents in our parks anymore. I mean, he literally I, talks about I, that I himself. don't think he's a big fan sweep, of, like, but, proliferating encampments like the Seattle left is. I right. agree with that. Like, but, well, I, but I, I will tell I you, but let me finish my point. confirming that that's what's happening. My, but let me finish my point. In okay. my world, all I'm hearing these days is from people who are like, there's this, you know, fucking encampment next to my place of business that is growing out of control and they just like, you know, cut through the fence and like, you know, broke into this thing or they just like started a fire. Like I'm hearing this constantly on a daily basis and the city isn't doing jack How many jack people do you shit. know that own businesses that people are cutting through their fences? I mean, that, that seems like a very self-selecting group of folks that, that you're oh, listening to if that's I, the but, only people but, you well, talk to. Not just businesses, but but resident, you know, whether it's down by Gasworks Park or over on Aurora, I, I, I have had multiple people talk to me recently about, you know, expanding problematic encampments that are taking root in their neighborhoods next adjacent to where they live or work and it's causing problems, right? And there's a, there's a, I think a perception among your typical voter, maybe not your typical public color reader, but among your typical voter that, um, shit's pretty bad out there, right? Like it, it, it ain't like getting any. Now I grant you, I, I, I think the frustration you know, on the kind of center left in my world is that I think we both agree that like the the sort of current policy of, well, we can just kind of do some sweeps here and there or, you know, focus on that and solve the problem isn't the answer. But right? Sunday, can that I ask there you needs question? to be something more than that. Now, the left answer of letting encampments proliferate until there's some magical nirvana, where, as we've said before, everybody gets to live in the penthouse of Trump Tower. They, yeah, they, no they, one yeah, said that. Yeah, you um, do, but but but, but. I, I don't. I've never said <laughs> but, anything even remotely but, like but, that. But but but, um, but, but, yes, but, but, but let me ask you a question. Yeah. 
So, so you're saying that everybody that you interact with is says their na- their their neighborhoods where they live are horrible. Do you do you believe that? I mean, you go not, around not in Seattle. Let me no. finish. Let me finish. You yeah. go around in Seattle single family neighborhoods. I assume you have friends that live all over the city. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that the single family neighborhoods of Seattle, you know, or the multifamily ones? I don't know who you're friends yeah. with. Maybe maybe you have yeah. a lot of friends that are renting apartments. But do you really believe that they are a hellscape? No. And, and no, people. I don't. And and I actually think there's some data we can bring to bear on this, right? Because uh, Strategies 360 just did some polling that got released this week where they asked questions about this. And you know what? I'm people, not asking about perception, Sandeep. I'm asking about what you actually, what you right. actually think, and, and since you there's know the what? two of us well, on this what podcast. What I think is that Pioneer Square is kind of a shithole right now. I, do I mean, think I, that. we both work there. Yeah. I, I think it's this kind of the same as it's always been. Yeah, you know, no, I don't think it's the same as it's always. I I think you're you're in like lefty la la gaslighting land when you say that, right? Like I that's literally bullshit. work like, there. Like so it's not I, the same as it's always. I don't know been. who I'd be gaslighting except yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys don't admit that there's a problem, right? I mean, that's the gaslighting. Is that there is a problem? No, I think there's a problem. <laughs> I just don't see it as an aesthetic only problem. It's I don't not see aesthetic. it entirely that's, as a problem I mean, of me having to look at the other side of the street because I don't want to see someone in crisis. Yeah, the 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 uh, the, the the you're you're kind of like the, man, that shit plays on Twitter. I'm sure, but like it is but, not but, reality. But, but, like but, but, that, but I'm it's asking aesthetic. You, Sandy, if you still I, haven't answered my question, the, like, Seattle Times, you haven't answered my question. You've turned it back to Twitter for some reason, right? Because because that's what the only place where that shit plays, right? Like, like, right. Like, but you're putting, you're, you're, you're seriously putting words in my mouth, and then you're saying, <laughs> "Oh my God, look at Twitter." And I'm oh asking you a question: When you go to your home, to your single family neighborhood, are you terrified to go no, outside? Do you and, think and, it's and, turned and, into no, a shit and, and I'm trying to make, I'm, I'm trying to semi agree with you here. I don't think uh, what, what the com, what this strategies 360 poll that they did for Como, and I went through and looked at the cross tabs. I was looking at it today. What it shows is that when, when you ask people about what about your neighborhood, how do you feel about your neighborhood? A majority of like my neighborhood's OK. Right. You know, I would say about my neighborhood, like I've noticed some issues in Finney Ridge. Right. We've talked about this before. You know, the Che Guevara's in my neighborhood don't don't see it, but I do. Right. Um, but um, uh, but but the poll was pretty clear. But then when you ask about downtown or Pioneer Square. Right. And the, the numbers are you know, two to one in downtown. People are like, it's, it's, uh, you know, it feels unsafe to them. Right? I mean, I, I, again, as somebody who works in Pioneer Square and, and is downtown, you know, many times a week, I'm just wondering. Let's get off Pioneer Square. I'm tired but of I, you guys. What about the U District where I work? There, all, <laughs> yeah. I, all I want to say is like a Como poll of Seattle voters yeah. in general, or I don't know if they did Seattle or if they did their, their viewers. Um, which are from all no, over. please. Um, come on. You know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the U District too sometimes, David, and like, I don't see you know enough people down in Pioneer Square downtown that I that I truly believe that all those all the people in that poll are actually experiencing downtown on a daily basis versus watching Como uh-huh. and seeing how how horrible it is according to you know their 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 selective choice of clips and saying oh my god I wouldn't go down there it looks horrible but you're and so you're I guess I'm just saying things. like you you're you're adopting a a, a, a a sort of a stance toward polling that suggests a, no, like uh, a completely naive stance uh, towards bullshit. polling that like bullshit. if you poll people there's there's it's a pure it's a pure expression of their actual deep knowledge of uh, the subject that you're asking them oh about. Oh my god. Uh, uh what are we going to do with you? <laughs> well, I mean, look, 
You are feigning naivete about a fucking combo pole. Like, it's a strategy. Anyway, look, there may be some some issues with. with, By the way, I think it's, it's other interesting things about that poll is I think you can read it as saying the Bruce Harrell honeymoon, you know, maybe reaching a, you know, a, a, a point where it's it's starting to, to, to fade a bit. And when you ask about issues like how is a mayor handling homelessness or how is a mayor handling crime or whatever, you're seeing pretty negative numbers, right, in the, in the polling right now. Now, his and they'll own, always just blame the city council. His I mean, own, it, no, well, well I think you see, you know, his his the the mayor's approval rating, at least in this poll, was was forty nine percent. Now his negatives were much much lower. I mean, and and yes, if you compare it to the Seattle City Council numbers, they're twenty eight percent. They're terrible, right? I mean, um, so so yeah, I mean, he's like a, a paragon of popularity compared to you know the you know performative. Uh, I mean, we could have had you know, this, you know, city this council conversation any time in the last 20 years about any mayor in any city yeah, council. Yeah, no, it's different. The polling is different. It's been different over the last couple of years. I mean, I follow this stuff pretty closely. But but um, the the point being, like, look, I, I think there's a, there's a perception. Of, I have this perception that maybe the current status quo on the streets of Seattle, downtown, or in the parts of the U district or Pioneer Square, wherever these kind of hot spots of like drug and, and, you know, criminal activity are going on, that that's the new fucking normal in Seattle and people don't like it. Right. I mean, maybe on the left, they're like, Oh, we have to all live with this. And this part, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're for ideological reasons. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we have to live with it. I think we should actually like pay for solutions so that that won't be the case anymore. Like I'm not, de- I have never denied that like that, 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 you know, shit is not great everywhere. Like I, you know, you sort of paint me as this, like everything is beautiful <laughs> and wonderful. And I love seeing people in crisis dying on our streets. I don't, but like, I don't think this kind of, yeah. you know, I mean, talk about performative, this performative gesture of constantly sweeping people, the same people from place to place without helping them is actually going to solve any of the problems that you've identified with crime, with people, you know, um, being addicted to drugs, using drugs, the consequences of that on other people. I mean, any of that, like, it's not going to be addressed by by what we're currently doing. I, I mean, longer term, I, I totally agree with that. Well, we got to end it there. He's Sandeep Kashik. She's Eric C. Barnett. I'm David Hyde. If you do want to donate to our Patreon page, check it out. It's on Patreon. You can also communicate with us over Twitter. It's Real Seattle Nice at Twitter. Our direct messages are open. And thanks, everybody, so much for listening. 